Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Here we are. Hello, everyone. On the cusp of episode 40. Yep. If you're still with us after the debacle. <laughs> I don't I don't really know if you'd call it a I'd, debacle of last week, but the tipsy and... The disaster. I wouldn't say it was quite that bad. All, the only feedback I've gotten has been pleasant, so... I mean, I've gotten, yeah, pleasant feedback, too. I don't know. I, I definitely hope no one started with that episode. <laughs> well, if you did, go listen to some other episodes around then. Uh, th- but we're on episode 40. We are. This is episode 40. We're also... Yes. Oh, you're of, so close. Yeah, like we're, we're on the cusp. Probably next week, uh, if everything keeps trending yeah. the way it is. So, I'm Tyler. I'm Megan. As you can see on screen, if you're on YouTube, if not, you just have to take our word for it. Um, <laughs> we are Whiskey and Wonder, where we review whiskeys and we wonder about shit and teach about shit that we wonder about. Yes, we teach about stuff we wondered about. Yep. Um... As I said, if you're on YouTube, you can see all our social media stuff right there. Catch us at whiskeyandwonder.com, uh, Instagram, at Whiskey Podcast, and everything else is in the show notes. Uh, and email us, uh, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. I think I'm going to blow through that today. Okay. If you're listening to the podcast, check the show notes. If not, check Instagram. That's just a big mouthful and a lot of stuff to say. Okay. So we're going to, you know. I'm going to be lazy with it today. I'm not going to lie to you. That's fine. You're about to say goodbye to your beard. So. Yeehaw, yeehaw. Anyway. (laughs) Yes. We'll jump into the announcements. So I made a, I regrettably made (laughs) an announcement on here back very early on. I don't know, within the first 10 episodes. Oh, I think it was within like the first five. Maybe. Basically, I said when we reached a certain number of subscribers, I would shave my beard off into a mustache. I I look terrible with a mustache. If you're not on YouTube, go check us out. That's what I look like with a beard, so you'll see me with a mustache. But anyway, we found out that we don't have an accurate way to measure subscribers, so I changed it to 2,500 listens. And we are sitting at 2,421 as of right now. So I imagine within the next episode or two. Oh, it'll be within next episode. Probably by Wednesday. (sighs) I'm so excited. I'm going to go ahead and book a barber's appointment so that they can do it. Because God knows if I did it, I'd mess it up somehow. (laughs) Anyway. So look forward to that. Well, there will be, I'm not excited for it, but there will be uh, before and after pictures on my Instagram. I'll I'll make sure it goes to the Whiskey and Wonder Instagram as well. Um, Twitter, my Twitter, Whiskey and Wonder Twitter. All the places. Yeah, just. uh, Tyler said he didn't think we'd make it this far, so. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, you're just a smidge out of. Out of uh, camera frame there. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I kind of figured the wheels would fall off. I mean, frankly, frankly, I, with my schedule, I just didn't know I'd be able to keep doing it this long, and I found a way. It's been hectic this year at times with my health problems <laughs> and my work schedule, and 
you know, every once in a while, Megan will have her life get in the way. And yeah, so, but, but that's but we've that's life. Through. But we've made it, and we're gonna keep making it. We are. We're on episode forty, which you know, there's obviously fifty two weeks in a year, and we're we we missed a few weeks here and there, so we're not gonna have fifty two. But we did start. September. September, mid-September probably. I so believe it was, we have it written down, it's like September 23rd. I think so, yeah. We, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. So we'll, we're going to be thinking on what we're going to do for that episode mm-hmm. as well. Something special. Um, now, if you've been listening to us um, and you're a regular listener, you know in the past couple of episodes we've been talking a lot, and I mean a lot, about T-shirts. Um, we were trying to get some t-shirts ready and whatnot, and we just kind of took a, took a step back to look at the, uh, I I guess, look at the big picture and we supply and demand. Yeah. You guys remember that thing Tyler taught us about? We asked you guys to reach out if y'all were interested in t-shirts and we had a couple people reach out, but not enough to justify us putting the, you know, putting a ton of effort into it right now and a ton of money, especially with the website design we'd have to do. Um, it felt a little bit like we would be putting the cart in front of the horse. So at this moment, we're going to pause the t-shirt and merchandise. We, we do have, we already have the glassware and the stickers. Uh, yep. So we still will have those for sale. If you're interested, check, check it out on the website shop webpage. If not, you know, you don't have to buy one. <laughs> if you're not interested, but as far as t-shirts go and any new merchandise, we're going to hold off for the time being and just focus on, we're going to spend our money. We've got the equipment. Um, you know, we've got all the equipment we need basically. And we're just going to try to grow the, grow the brand, grow the brand, grow the audience, you know, tell your friends, like subscribe, rate us five stars, leave, re- leave reviews. That's huge. Yes. You know, we we appreciate everybody that does that, that that does all that to support us and that does Yes, that's huge. You know, that donates to our Patreon, our PayPal and whatnot. We appreciate you guys so much. Um fortunately, just the way things have gone, we really haven't truthfully had to dip too much into that fund for whiskey. We've yeah. and, and several equipment we've been blessed enough to be able to get that outside of the podcast, so we're trying to use the money to grow the podcast. So if only if only Amazon hadn't been asshats. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. I hope your spaceship blows up when you're in it. Oh my God. Tyler. Go Virgin Galactic. Oh my goodness. Oh my gracious. Alexa just sent a uh <laughs> Oh shit, it's listening. It's now. literally listening. <laughs> it started listening. <laughs> it sent a message to Jeff Bezos' private Closed circuit security. Probably. It heard Jeff Bezos and it was like, yeah. oh shit, got to tune in. Whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway. That's why I have a Google Home. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I got her that. Anyway, uh, so that's what that's all we got to say about t-shirts. If you are interested, let us know just so we have a uh, an idea. You know, if the demand's there, we'll absolutely. Yeah. That's free advertising, you know, but... Truth be told, it doesn't seem like the demand is is can justify there the cost yet. right now. Yeah. So, so check back in a couple months. Uh we're gonna hopefully pay for some um some sort of advertising or something. We're to, gonna get a billboard. 
Are we really? No, no but we're not. I I one hundred percent just found uh, I someone I knew. I, I I never knew exactly what he did for work, and I found out that he is very high up, like corporate high up in corporate at a billboard company. <laughs> yeah, so one of the major billboard companies in our area, at least. So, hmm. um, yeah, so that's and I think it's nationwide actually. But anyway. That's beside the point. That would be cool if we could get a billboard. That but would be really cool. It's a little out of our press range. But anyway, um, <laughs> the other announcement we have, and this is a quick one, and we, you know, we, you guys have heard this. We are always looking for guests and guest drinkers. We had our first guest on a couple weeks ago. On a couple weeks ago, we had our first guest on. Yep. A couple weeks ago. Yep, not, I put not, the comma in the wrong yep. place. Yep. <gasps> Whatever, it sounded like you put the comma in the wrong place. So. All right, well, regardless, <laughs> we had our first guest. We've got some others hopefully coming on soon. If you're interested in it, I know we've gotten, like I said, a couple that have reached out. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, please send us an email. We would love to have you on here. For sure. I might even feed you if you come on the right day. Tyler makes some good stuff. I will absolutely feed you if you come on the right day. It's just a matter of it's got to be the right day. (laughs) Um, And as I mentioned earlier, everybody, thank you guys so much for your support. Yep. We could not do this without you. Thank you, guys. And on that note. Let's hit it. Opening the bottle. All right, guys. So today we are having another one of our Flaviar little sample vials. Um, this is another Japanese whiskey because uh, Flaviar sent us the Japanese tour. Well, um, that was what we chose. Well, yeah, but it's they I still sent liked, it. Yeah, I knew you like Japanese. I love Japanese whiskey, whiskey. So we're gonna we're gonna find out what this one is all about. This is the Fukano Vault Reserve Number Two. Founded in 1823, Fukano Distillery is situated in Hitoshi City of the Kumamoto Prefecture of Japan on the island of Kyushu. Nestled in the Kyushu Mountains, Hitoshi is renowned for its pure water and unadulterated nature. Most known for producing sochu, a traditional Japanese spirit made from rice, Hitoyoshi is in its fifth generation of Fukanos, now run by Shigeruriku Fukano. Can you say that one more time? <laughs> Shigeruriku. Shig. Oh, God. Shigeruriku. Shigeruriku Fukano. I'm so sorry. Fukano whiskey is distilled from a combination of both malted and unmalted rice and passed through a stainless steel still. This limited edition spirit vault reserve number two is a fresh combination of Japanese whiskeys aged three to 10 years, all the way up to 16 years. Combining different tanks, Fukano Fukano bottled only 5,443 vials of this rice whiskey with a mild sherry influence. That is a little bit of background notes on this uh, particular whiskey. If you guys are watching on YouTube 
and you see me wince and make a funny face. I threw my back out the other day doing the stupidest thing. <laughs> literally just... We're getting old. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's bad. Uh, I literally was... I had a backpack sitting on a bench, and I just, like, leaned just a little bit to open it and instantly fell, like, hands on my knees. Like, it just... That little thing threw my back out. But anyway, so I had to reach for Megan's glass, and I had a big wince there because I kind of forgot. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So I've smelt this while Megan was talking, and I smell just a smidge of spice. Not too much burning nose hairs, but it's very floral. That's yes, that's, it's super flower flowery. Yes. Um, wow, a, a little hint of like buttery too. I can definitely yeah. see the you said a hint of sherry. Mm-hmm. I can smell the hint of sherry. Yes, I, I'm getting a lot of floral, too. I'm trying to pick out the exact, like, flowers I'm smelling. Oh, I don't know what any flower smells like, so I'm going to be useless for that. I'm thinking it's jasmine. Um, That's my final answer. I'm going to go with I'm smelling a lot of jasmine. I'm getting some sweet notes, maybe like a butterscotch, which could be why you're smelling the butteriness. Um to it maybe maybe a caramel of some sort um but the floral scent is definitely almost almost overpowering but not in a bad way but it you can definitely tell that this it, is it's that's the main smell you take away from it is yes floral. yes for sure um have we had a floral whiskey like this before i don't remember if we ever have i know we've had some that have like hints of floral but um, I actually, no. yes, we have had whiskeys that were floral. Uh, I believe there's a, there's a magazine over there under all that stuff on your side of that table. Yeah. Um, that it came with this most recent Flaviar subscription, which was interesting because it hasn't previously, but anyway, I did some thumbing through there and a little bit of reading and they had a section in the back that talked a little bit about the different flavors and scents you might get with uh whiskey and it it was very it had like floral uh spicy you know so on and so forth and it listed a couple of examples of whiskeys that that uh, match that profile i guess mm-hmm. and i do think we'd had one of the floral ones i'd be interested okay. if you'll Clean that off real quick. I'll thumb through it and see. Okay. Um, we are supposed to be smelling. Uh, the aroma is light and floral. Shocking. With notes of jasmine. Nailed it. Flamed zest. Almonds and orange blossom honey. Flamed zest. Do, is what? that like? Is that like a burnt? I don't. I don't know. Like a burnt lemon. Eel? Uh, yeah, I don't. This is what I'd, that. It's called the Flaviar Times for anybody that is interested. I'm not sure what flamed zest is. Ooh, there's but... a crossword puzzle in here. Clearly, I did not get to the back page. <laughs> I love crossword puzzles. Hell yeah. Uh, that being said, Tyler, um, I am interested to know what this is going to taste like. But since you're reading, I have to burn some airtime. So uh, I'm not going to taste it yet. I 100% got sucked into this there's a test your bourbon knowledge oh god this is in the back oh, i just god. i just looked at the first one which of the following ingredients can con- 
can constitute a bourbon? A, corn, B, rye, C, malted barley, or D, all of the above? If you don't know the answer that, to that question, I suggest you go listen to our All About Whiskey episode. episode. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to taste this okay. so that Megan doesn't have to fill any dead air. Oh, that would be very nice. I am watching Tyler's face very closely. There is no, like, disgusted facial expression. Well, maybe there is. Oh, I don't know. He looks well. All right. kind of confused. Yeah, I am. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't taste anything at all like what I expected. First note I got was citrus. Citrus on the tongue. Mm-hmm. And then the back end, there's a... It's a very long finish. It's not overly spicy by any stretch, but it is a... Uh, the word that came to mind was tire. Um... That's kind of what it tasted like to me was rubber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get why you're saying tire, but it, it's it's a flower. It's a that long finish is a very floral flower. Yeah, well, rubber comes from a rubber plant, so I didn't know that. I did not know there was a rubber plant. I did not either until literally five seconds ago. Well, so. there's your Extra Tyler nugget for the week. Woohoo! I and then I got sucked into a YouTube video all about how rubber is made from a freaking tree. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So I found it. There's uh, let's see, floral. This, four, four. Okay, hmm. so f- it's four roses small batch, which I've had. I've we've not done on the podcast. Uh huh. And also Woodford Reserve hey. is floral, but I think that's just the regular Woodford Reserve, not the double oaked, as we've done on here. Okay. But that will be on the list for us to go back and try. I got to take right. this so I can do that crossword puzzle. Yes, you do need to do that. Um, I'm getting the very first ta- taste is like a little bit of orange, but it goes fast. Um, lingering is definitely a floral taste. Um, I can't. I, I'm guessing it's what jasmine tastes like. I've never tasted jasmine. Um I hope it doesn't taste like uh, rubber. I know. I don't think it tastes like rubber. I think you're wrong. Jasmine tea is very popular in Asian culture. Um, What I do taste this time is a little bit of sweet. Also with that citrus, it goes really quick. Maybe it's that butterscotch flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm tasting there. So um, I don't really have anything else that I noticed in it. No. Um, so as it's Flaviar, I have not looked at this yet, but you can see we get the little circle. I'm enjoying the taste of it. Um, I'll let you know what, I guess we'll both actually let you know what we think at the end of the episode. <laughs> um, this thing is stupid. Oh, it's funny. Um, uh, what does it say? So <laughs> it's, it says orange, almonds, zesty, floral, sherry, vanilla, butterscotch, caramel, and then it says jasmine. Mm-hmm. But for the picture of Jasmine, it oh, is no. the woman from Aladdin. It's Princess Jasmine. Oh, my God. I love that so much. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, remind uh, I, me to and, take a picture of that, please. Take a picture of it. Thanks. You're so <laughs> helpful. I don't even know where I, it went. It went right there. I can't bend to hand it to you. <laughs> um, The only thing in there that I that threw me for a loop was the almond. I'm and not getting almond. Yeah. I can I can get it 
now that it's mentioned it, I can definitely see almond almond in it. Hmm. Um, I let me try it again because I was not getting any almond when I was tasting it. Um, what do you think? You you getting it? Yeah, it's on. It's on the back end is where I'm getting the almond. It's like a, a part of the lingering taste. Um, yeah, that's. I'm not a big almond person, but it's it's one of the tastes on the back end for me. That and vanilla also along with that rubber taste, but the rubber taste is very overpowering. Floral, it's floral. It's not rubber. It's floral. Rubber. Floral. Rubber. Floral. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> we are supposed to, well, this is very helpful. The flavor profile is interesting. <laughs> Thanks, website. Is that? <laughs> that's all it says? <laughs> Hold on. I'm pulling up another one real quick. Hold Thank on. Thank God for Flaviar on this one. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So helpful. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. We are supposed to be tasting sherry-like notes with butterscotch. Flan and vanilla. I never really got the sherry outside of the smell. I didn't either, unless it's mixed in with like the floral, it, maybe? Well, it I, could be. I think for me, it's mixed in with the orange at the beginning. Oh, yeah, definitely. That, because it that the first couple yeah. notes just go so quick. So fast, like blink and you miss it. Yep. Um, now, I'm going to choose not to drink anymore at this point uh, for now. Just because these are the Flaviar vials, and we don't, we just, frankly, when it's great if you're one person, but if you're two people, you're getting, you're not getting a full finger, so you kind of gotta limit. Yeah, spread it out. Yep, you gotta sip it and nurse it. So, okay. um, is that a little side note here? Is that the second one we've done out of that three pack? Yes. It okay, is. so we have one left. We have one more for a Flaviar. All right. Well. That being said, Tyler, it's let's time. get to it. It's time for the wonder segment. Teach me. All right. This is the origins of phrases. Series one. Wait. <laughs> what? The origin of phrases. Yes. Okay. I like it. I like knowing where words come from. Yes. I might know some of these. Um, You might. You might not. I I would like to stipulate that this is episode one in a potential series that we might do. Yes. So it's also the first series that we might do. Yes. (laughs) So Uh, so I talk a little bit about it in my notes Basically, a series will be different than a multi-parter in that there can be lots of space between different episodes of the same series. But I'll get into it more as we continue on. The English language is full of idioms, which is a phrase or expression that has a meaning that cannot be derived from the words used. Some examples of idioms include, it is raining cats and dogs, where cats and dogs are not actually falling from the sky. 
cat got your tongue, where a cat is not literally attached to a person's tongue via their claws or fangs. Hold your horses, where horses are not present and not in need of being held. And bite the bullet, where someone is not actually putting a bullet in their mouth and applying pressure. I have one. The uh-huh. cat's out of the bag now. That's one? Yes. Yes, that is an idiom. Good job. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably recognized all of those idioms, and chances are you know what they're supposed to mean. In case you don't, I've included their meaning. It's raining cats and dogs means there's a downpour outside. Cat got your tongue is an instance where someone is refusing or unable to speak in reply. Hold your horses means to be patient and wait a moment. And bite the bullet means to get something over with, typically something you had been dreading doing. But... To many non-native English speakers and those who don't understand the language at all, those idioms would not make sense and often would get taken literally. Other cultures have their own idioms, like, and let me preface this by saying that I am not going to attempt to say these in their language. I'll only give the rough English translations to avoid embarrassing myself and offending anyone from these countries. Also, I want to see if Tyler can guess their meanings before I reveal what the meanings are. I want to try to say them. I'll offend people from other countries. Uh, I didn't even write down. Oh, damn. It, All right. They were, it's like full sentences in other languages. Right. Bring it on. Okay. <laughs> to lay your head in water. What do you think that means? Hmm. I... Lay your head in water. I have no idea. So this is an Icelandic idiom that means to sleep on it. All right. Yeah. I mean, that. Yeah, that's I literally bite the bullet. When you were saying that, I I thought about a foreign person that's not ever, you know, that that's learning English Mm -hmm. hearing that. And why the fuck would you bite a bullet? Exactly. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. And then you say. What was it? Put your head in water? To lay your head in water. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm not supposed to do actually do that, but that's about it. <laughs> All right. How about the carrots are cooked? Uh, I feel like that one's similar to like your goose is cooked. Like you're, you're, you're caught. You're get, go ahead and give it up. You're as good as done. Mm, you're close. If this is a French idiom. And it means the situation cannot be changed. Yeah. So yeah, you're on the yeah. right. You're on the right path. Yeah, I'd say that's that's like same meaning as your goose is cooked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jump ditches the long way. Do something the hard way. Do something difficult with ease. Opposite. So, say that one again. Hold on. Jump ditches the long way. Jump ditches the long way. This is an Italian, and it means to do something difficult with ease. So something a normal person would find difficult that someone did it just. All right. I, I figured easy. if you're jumping a ditch the long way, you're saying you went. And made you know, it harder. You went and made it harder. That's what I would think too, yeah. but. Okay. Apparently not. I think my pig whistles. Um. I wanted to say something inappropriate about a big penis, but (laughs) 
I can't. I'm not clever enough to come up with it. So uh, <laughs> I think my pig whistles. I think my pig is dead. <laughs> it's not literally a pig. Oh, all right. Well, Remember, I, it's an idiom. Yeah, I know, but I figured maybe the whistle part was the idiom. Um, okay, I think my pig whistles. I think my nose is nose is stopped up. Nose is stopped up. All right. Uh, this is German, and it means I can't believe it. No way. Interesting. All right. I have not heard that one. Drawing a snake with feet. Um, do something you don't want to do? No. Okay. This is Chinese, and it means telling a story with tons of long-winded and unneeded detail. We've all met those people. <laughs> oh, I'm one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I, you guys know it if you've listened to the podcast for a long time. I'm one of those people. Uh, Megan didn't want to say it, but I will. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. To throw Georges. Throw Georges, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm torn between two on this one. So part of me wants to say to like get into a fight, and the other one wants to say to like have a party. You're wrong on both accounts. Damn. All right. This is Finnish. And it means to vomit. Okay. <laughs> there's a there's a British one that's similar to for that for puking. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head though, but I've heard it before. Humans in general are a creative species and our languages are no different. I've always wondered about how and why the idioms we hear came about. And so I decided to do a wonder segment and came to realize that this could be a part of a series. Oh my God, I just scrolled past an entire page, guys. Okay. I'm not sure when, but there are so many more idioms that I want to dissect with this podcast. A series has the potential to have many different episodes dedicated to it, and they don't need to be back-to-back like a multi-parter would. So, without further ado, here is Series 1 in the Idiom Wonder series. Series 2 will air sometime in the future. Weeks, months, years, who knows? Gives us the potential to do more of these. So, before you jump in, I'm sure the folks that listen have picked up on this, but you have a completely different voice when you're reading. It is very, like... (laughs) Like, you should do uh, voiceover. Thank like, you. You could do audiobooks and stuff like that. That I, I will 100% loan you the equipment for a substantial 5%, 10% fee, somewhere in that range. That is <laughs> one of the best compliments I've ever had. So thank yeah, you, Tyler. You're that is very, very nice of yeah, you. <laughs> you are welcome to use this equipment to All do right. voiceover work if you ever want to. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I would love to do voice acting and stuff. Partially. If you need, if you need some voiceover work, shoot yeah. us an email. Shoot Megan an email. I'll do it for free. For she'll, now. She'll do it for cheap. Okay. I'll do I'll it for, be her agent. On the low, low. <laughs> Add another 5% to my fee. We're up to 15 now. <laughs> oh, so Megan's taking a drink. Mm-hmm. She's presenting, so she's got to get them in where she can. I do. I really like this whiskey. Um, anyway. 
So let's get started. Three sheets to the wind. Have you heard that one? Yes, I have. Okay. I don't think I know what it means, though. I think it means like full bore. This idiom means that. Can I try to guess? Yeah. It's um. It means full. Uh, I would. I would guess that it's full go, and it comes from uh, sailing. Three sheets to the wind. You've got your sails in the wind. Three sheets. Very close. Very very close. Three sheets to the wind means that someone is incredibly drunk. They are wasted. How is that close? Because you're right with it being nautical. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) It originated as a nautical saying. It relates to the sails of tall ships. Sails are controlled by ropes, also known as sheets. The ropes are sheets. (laughs) <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> I just backed my ass into that one completely, partially. <laughs> if the rope breaks or comes undone, the sheets are said to be to the wind. If three or more ropes get loose, the sails will flop wildly about and be uncontrollable, much like a wasted person. So if you are three sheets to the wind, you are wasted. Listen to our special last week no. to hear me get slightly oh, I, wasted. I thought you were going to say us get wasted. No, I, I got a little wasted. wasted. I was tipsy, but I was never. I got a little wasted. In, but our, in our defense, we did five shots in about an hour and minutes. a half. Yeah, some, something like that. Two hours, maybe. Okay. We're lightweights. A little bit. Cat got your tongue? I know what that one means. I don't know where it came from, but you know what it means. Okay. Can't You're like. You said it earlier, but the way I interpret it is like kind of um, flabbergasted, not not quick enough with a response. Okay. Yeah. 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 You base you're speechless. speechless. Yeah. You're speechless. Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> there are several different legends as to how this saying came about, but I'll tell you the one historians seem to agree upon the most. Also, surprising. Also, this is a surprisingly nautical idiom. Though many believe it began as a cute way to speak to children, probably from the first written usage in a magazine in 1881 that wrote, had the cat got your tongue as the children say. However, this idiom has incredibly dark origins. First of all, Cat got your tongue means that a person is silent or at a loss for words. Back in the 17th century, the Navy used a whip called a cat o' nine tails for administering punishment aboard their vessels. If a seller didn't follow orders or made a grievous mistake, they would be flogged using this multi-tiered whip. The end had nine leather straps and each strap had three knots tied into it. Being hit with a cat o' nine tails would send 27 knots of leather battering into them. Their flesh would be ripped away and severe bleeding and pain would occur. The pain was so intense that sailors often passed out or became speechless. Hence, cat got your tongue. That's interesting because when you said that, I was going to think on the, I was trying to 
thinking my way through it before you explained it. And I figured once you were mentioning the, you know, this kind of whip thing, I was like, oh shit, it's got like, like the, it was called the cat. Oh, you're afraid to speak because you're afraid to get the cat. Not that you were unable to speak after getting the cat. I get where your, your mind is coming yeah. from. I understand. Wild goose chase. Oh yeah. Um, Matter of fact, I believe I said that. I said that to somebody. I think I said that to Shelby. That might have been one that I said to Shelby. She had never heard before. Oh, well, Shelby, Maybe. you're about to learn. She, that, it might, that might be wrong. It might have been something else. Shelby, don't, don't kill me and email us if, <laughs> if I got that completely wrong. Said- Wild Goose Chase, it's to go on a... Uh, it's to go on a, a, a completely unnecessary... I don't want to say trip, but like, like I sent you on a wild goose chase for eggs when in actuality I had eggs in the refrigerator. Yes. Kind of thing. Like a wild goose chase is a hopeless endeavor. Yeah. Any idea where it started? Any guesses? Um, Nah, I got, I mean, I'm going to assume it had something to do with chasing a goose. Somebody told somebody <laughs> to go chase a goose and. Nope. Okay. No, I have no idea. All right. This idiom was first written down in 1595 by William Shakespeare in a little play titled Romeo and Juliet. And he popularized the phrase, but its origins began in horse racing. England developed the sport in the 16th century, and, like most sports, it looks very different today than it did in its origin. Originally, a race began with a lead horse being released and its rider able to choose to go in whatever direction they pleased. The competitors would chase the lead rider, but did not know what route was going to be taken, And so they'd all set off in different directions like wild geese trying to follow the leader. Or, arguably, the wild goose chase was called such because of how a flock of geese fly by following their leader in a V formation. Either way, the original horse races were as lawless as early baseball. Yeah, sounds like it. Hold a candle. I've I've never heard that one. No? If I say it in context, you might. Okay, say it in context. Megan can cook a steak, but she can't hold a candle to Tyler. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, I, in that sense, I do, I cook a steak way better than you. Yes. That, yeah. Yes. Okay. To hold a candle means to be inferior to someone or something else. I, Megan, know how to cook a steak, but Tyler has turned cooking meat into an art form. Thus, oh, whoa, let's oh. not get crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's not get crazy. I'm decent. I'm not a god, as you made me sound like. <laughs> I'm not one of the masters. Like, I just some Joe Schmo that smokes in his backyard from time to time. Whatever, it tastes good. So, do you know 
Or do you have a guess where this comes from? Do you want to take a guess? Uh, somebody's candle was bigger than somebody else's. <laughs> You're taking these way too literally. I um, Yeah, I struggle with that. Though this is one that does kind of have a literal meaning. So, I mean, you're you're on the right track with this one. The origin goes back to a time before electricity when lowly unskilled workers or apprentices had to hold a candle so that the skilled worker or master craftsman could see in order to do their work. Holding a candle was not a challenging role, and being told that you were unfit to hold a candle meant that you were so inferior you couldn't even do the lowliest job. So, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I definitely have with both my dad and my stepdad. Anytime you're working on anything, any kind of project, especially at night, in the dark, hold the light. Hold the light. Hold the light. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is literally... Literally the same thing we we still do it nowadays. Yes, we do. Oh, I remember that. Wow. Yep. <laughs> did you not think about that? One? I didn't. I oh, didn't. Man. You just brought back some crazy memories. Yes. So thank you, Tyler. You're that, was, welcome. that was nice. All right. Hold your horses. Um, I've heard this one. My mom used to say it all the time to me because uh, I have no patience. <laughs> I would guess on the on the. Navia. I would guess on the um, origination of it, somebody, uh, I literally, holding the reins for horses, like somebody, when when their horses would be spooked or something, they wouldn't have a good grasp on the rein. They wanted them to like. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe not even spook because it's about patience. I would say more like kind of racing, like. People had to control their horses until it was time to go. Okay. You're you're actually pretty much correct. Uh, this is another phrase that I found numerous origins for. All of the origins involve making a horse not move in general. But some specifics I found were holding horses back during gunfire or explosions so that they would not run away. Being told not to move any further when transportation was primarily by horse, like a sheriff chasing down a robber and telling him to stop running. Mm. And most terrifying were the sources that said it began in the 1600s. When someone broke a law, they would be trampled by horses. The executioner, for lack of a better word, would command everyone in attendance to hold their horses as he tied the criminal to a slab of wood and lay them upon the ground. That sounds plausible, but more like an old wives' tale. Probably. Once safely out of the way, he would instruct everyone to loose their horses so that they would run forward and trample the criminal. Yeek. So... This is fun. It is, right? I had so much fun researching this. Bite the bullet. Oh, I know what it means. It means to just basically pucker up and take it. Get it over with. Yep. Um, I'm going to have to bite the bullet in uh, a week from Monday. I have to go get my blood drawn and um, 
You know, I like it, the needle. I'm terrified of needles, so I have to bite the bullet every year for my job and go get a physical and get blood work done because it fucking sucks. Anyway. <laughs> it's not that bad, you big baby. It's terrible. Anyway, okay. um, I've had enough needles for one year. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you have. Anyway, uh, bite the bullet. Where would it come from? It means to just pucker up and do it. The only one I can think of is pretty dark. Okay. Um, Say it, because a lot of these have dark. Yeah. AF so basically, origins. just you you get shot, you you bite the bullet, and you you die, you die, you just get it over with. Okay. That's okay, kinda, I get what you're saying, that's, and that that's where I go with it. That I don't mean to take it so literally, but I mean I I get why you're saying that. Um, and that's one that it it definitely could have been. Uh, its origin, but it, it's not. So this is another one with multiple origins, although interestingly, this one's most popular assumed origin has actually been proven by historians to be untrue. The one I had always heard and the one that is not true says that in the Civil War before anesthesia, Doctors would tell wounded soldiers to bite down on a bullet to keep from screaming during surgery. Made sense to me. That is not the case. They would instruct um, soldiers to bite down on a slab of wood, much kinder to their teeth. So in reality, bite the bullet began in the Indian Rebellion of 1857. Gun cartridges back in that day were held in two parts. The projectile was inserted into the base and held in place with grease from oh. animal fat. To load bullets, the two parts had to be taken apart and filled with gunpowder. Hindi soldiers feared the fat was made from cow, an animal sacred to them, and Muslims believed the fat was made from pig, an animal sacred to them. Both soldiers did not wish to bite into their bullets to release the gunpowder but had to, despite their objections. Uh, again, as you were going through it, I tried to reason my way through it. I figured as they were combining the two, they would have to bite the bullet back down. You're, but but it's opposite. They they bit it to separate to, the two. Yes, but either way, it's they had to bite the bullet, bullet. and they didn't want to. Yeah. Because it had grease on it that was from animals that they... Thought were sacred. Yeah. So. Well, that's just... Raised other questions in my mind. I, it's completely for a different topic, but oh, I, I don't okay. understand. I don't know enough about either religion to understand why they think those animals are sacred. I did took a world religions class, but I it's been years, and I'm not going to try yeah, to that, remember. That's something we could do maybe on an episode. Yeah, but I just like the I did took. I did took. I did took one one time. <laughs> You're welcome. Raining cats and dogs. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. It's pouring. Yep. Pouring down rain outside. Um, no idea where this comes from. Like I said, I, I tend to take these literal, so somebody was throwing cats and dogs <laughs> off a roof. <laughs> uh, one of the supposed origins actually does involve literal cats and dogs, but we'll get into it. 
So as I was researching, it seems like the more popular the idiom, the more origins it seems to have. Even the official Library of Congress can't point can't quite pinpoint the true origin for this phrase, stating it could originate from Norse mythology, medieval superstitions, the ancient and no longer in, in use word katadoop, which meant waterfall, or dead animals being carried away by stormwaters. So. I think I've heard the. I always heard, now that you've said it, the dead animals being carried away by stormwater. Okay. That's where I think that's the one I heard. That's the one I'd always heard, but doing research, I found a new favorite one. So this is now the one I choose to believe. Headcanon. Exactly. This is my headcanon. Raining cats and dogs is of Norse origin. Vikings believed that cats had influence over storms and dogs were a symbol of the wind. Odin is the Norse storm god and is always accompanied by his two wolves, Odin's pets, basically his dogs, Gary and Freki. This led Vikings to believe that rain was caused by cats and wind was caused by dogs. Thus, raining cats and dogs meant a heavy storm. I just like the two dogs' names. One's named, what was the second one's name? Gary and Freki. Frecky and the others named Gary. It's it's <laughs> it's, spell, it's spelled G E R I. Okay, that's that sounds like some George R R Martin shit. So <laughs> anyway, on a wing and a prayer. Uh, I've heard this one, and it's basically. From what I remember and what I've gathered as far as... Oh, it's been years since I've heard that. You're like just basically hoping. You're you're like putting all your... I don't want to even say putting all your eggs in one basket. You're just like you're wanting something. And that's just all you're just hoping for. You have no... I don't really know how to put it in other words. Hopeful? but unlikely. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yep. So this expression came from World War II when an American pilot flew back to base with one wing of his plane obliterated. Everyone at base was shocked that he did not crash. And when asked how he managed, he told everyone that he'd been praying the whole way. Another pilot quipped, a wing and a prayer brought you back. It got global recognition as a common idiom when Hollywood picked up the phrase and began using it in movies, first in John Wayne's Flying Tiger in 1942, and again in 1944 in a movie literally titled Wing and a Prayer. In 1943, a song called Coming In on a Wing and a Prayer first released by the Song Spinners about a damaged plane barely able to make it back to base. And it's considered a patriotic song. Bite the hand that feeds you. Now that one means to um, be... 
uh, I don't want to say mean, but be like ugly, mean, etc. to uh, whatever, whoever is helping you out. So, uh, like for instance, Shelby, I, I threw my back out and Shelby has been lovely this weekend helping me. And if I were to be a complete asshat to her while she's helping me, that's me biting the hand that feeds me. Yes. You put it in a lot of words and you could have just said it means to show ingratitude. Yes. Well, I didn't even know ingratitude <laughs> was a word. So, <laughs> Oh, I like to put things in layman terms. Okay. Layman just use a lot of words. Where was it up above that we talked about using lots of words in? I don't remember, uh, but I told you. I draw a snake it. with feet. Yeah, well, I draw a snake with a foot, two hands, and something else. <laughs> Third leg. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so this is commonly thought to refer to a dog biting its master. But actually, that's, again, not the origins of this. A horse. <laughs> no. Not an animal at all. This trap, well, a human, so eh, kind of an animal. The worst animal there is. Still an animal. (laughs) This actually tracks back to Edmund Burke, an Irish statesman. In 1795, he wrote, quote, having looked to the government for bread on the first scarcity, they will turn and bite the hand that feeds them, unquote. He was referring to public outrage during a food shortage. Nine Inch Nails released their hit, The Hand That Feeds, in 2005. Make me feel old AF when I read that, by the way. This song was another political statement like Burt's original. Nine Inch Nails used the song as an anti-war anthem that got them pulled from the MTV Movie Awards for being unwilling to compromise on the imagery used during their performance. They wanted to have a picture of President Bush Jr.'s portrait as their backdrop during the song. And they wouldn't budge, and MTV wouldn't budge, so Nin got kicked. Interesting how times have changed. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that would easily be allowed on TV now. Probably. Depending on the president. Truthfully. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I thought of something I want to talk about later, but I forgot it already. Anyway, go on. Continue. <laughs> I'll, I'll think about it and write it back down. Okay. How about soap opera? I know it's a TV show that sucks. <laughs> uh, soap opera is a serial drama. Today, they are often televised. The story is usually a real-life situation with an incredibly melodramatic flair. In the 1920s, the first soap opera aired as a radio show called Amos and Andy. A soap manufacturer, Procter & Gamble, saw the show as an advertising opportunity. They began to get widespread exposure after advertising during breaks. Other soap manufacturers followed them and began to sponsor shows similar to Amos and Andy. 
And by the 1930s, the first true soap opera, Painted Dreams, aired. For many years, the primary sponsors for daytime dramas were various soap companies. Daytime drama. The drama is also called an opera. It was sponsored by soap brands. Soap. Opera. Dun, dun, dun. And then you learned. OP&G was around in the 19s and 20s, huh? Oh, yeah. Damn. To have a frog in your throat. Um, to, It's similar to cat got your tongue in that you can't speak, but different in that, like... No, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else. It's when you got to go like... <clears throat> Yeah, sorry. You got to clear your throat. Yes. Uh, I was thinking you had like, um, you like overcome with emotion and couldn't. I mean, that can cause, yeah, that can cause a frog in your throat. Um, So a frog in your throat is a hoarseness or lump in one's throat. You will get a lump in your throat during heavy emotions. Yeah. This originated supposedly in ancient times. Back when drinking water was not readily available, people drank water gathered from ponds and streams. A superstition and a common fear arose that if you accidentally swallowed a frog's eggs, tadpoles would hatch in your stomach and try to escape through the mouth once turning into a frog. It became an idiom in America in the mid-1800s. So, urban legend turned idiom. John Hancock. So John Hancock, for anybody that's not in America, is one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. And he is in the, I believe he's in the middle with the largest signature. And he supposedly wrote it that way because he wanted, uh, I believe it was King George, whatever king it was, to know Basically, a big, like, fuck you, John Hancock, sign this, bitch. Yes. Kind of thing. Yes. That's what I've always heard, at least. I mean, you're and, literally correct. And it means signature now. Yes. It means to sign something. Yes, give me, so. Give me your John Hancock. Exactly. John Hancock refers to your signature. Asking someone for their John Hancock means you want them to sign something for you. John Hancock was an American merchant and statesman who lived from 1737 to 1793. He was the governor of Massachusetts and president of the Second Continental Congress. Hancock was one of the men to sign the American Declaration of Independence in 1776. His flamboyant signature is the largest on the document and is nearly five inches long. Because of that, his name became became synonymous for any signature. Catch-22. Catch-22 is... Not to do this with another idiom, but it's caught between a rock and a hard place. You're you're stuck. You're... (laughs) You got no options. Yes. Um, I... would I don't know where it comes from. I would guess it's got something to do with uh, blackjack and catching 22 and blackjack busting. You got no options. I mean, brilliant idea. Totally wrong. Oh, well. 
So a catch-22 is a no-win situation or an impossible dilemma between a rock and a hard place. Another one. Catch-22 originated with the 1961 book of that name by Joseph Heller. Set on a U.S. Air Force base during World War II, the pilots were desperate to be exempt from flying any more dangerous missions. The catch was that the pilots must be mad to fly another mission, but to not fly another mission. But by applying for an exemption on grounds of insanity, the applicant proved himself to be sane. Either way, he had to continue flying. The title began as Catch-18 and went through various different numbers before Heller settled on Catch-22. The phrase quickly came to mean an impossible dilemma or paradoxical situation. And I realized in writing that that I did not write that very well. So basically, in the book, these pilots, they they don't want to fight the war anymore. They don't want to do it. And one of the ways they could get out of it was to be insane. But if they went and requested that they be marked down as insane... It showed that they it were sane. It showed that they were sane. So no matter what, they had to fly. Well, just act insane. Oh, that even if they seemed mad, they it had to be something that... You say mad, and I think, like, angry. No, like, woohoo. Uh, they had to apply for an exemption in order to not fly. Mm. It, it's a book. Yeah. So, no-win situation, paradoxical... Impossible dilemma. Okay, how about giving a cold shoulder? Um, so giving a cold shoulder is to ignore somebody, basically, just like just where it came from. Not a clue. Meat to give someone a cold shoulder is to treat them with indifference or with an unfriendly reception. Its origins came from medieval banquets held by noblemen in England. It was not uncommon for the aristocracy to hold feasts for hundreds of people. The feasts often lasted a number of days and the host would provide an array of choice hot meats for his guests. In order to signal the end of the gathering, the host would direct the kitchen to serve slices of cold shoulder mutton to the people. This was a customary way of informing everyone that the party was over, rather than doing the uncivilized thing of going around and gathering people and telling them in person. Instead of saying, basically it was just like, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the fuck out of here. Exactly. So while in modern times giving a cold shoulder is considered rude, back then it was actually a very polite gesture. Hmm. Playing hooky. That means to skip school or skip work. Um, I got nothing. Okay. I got nothing on this. It's got something to do with a hook. It can. So to play hooky is to skip school or a required function without permission. This arose during the mid-19th century when school attendance became compulsory in America. 
there are a number of possible explanations for the phrase. It may be a contraction of the older expression, hook it, meaning to escape or make off. Or it could be related to the slang word hook, meaning to steal, as in stealing a day off school. A third possibility is an association with going fishing. Missing a day from school was like getting off the hook, the way a fish does when it escapes, and a common pastime for children when they played hooky was to go fishing. Oh, yeah, I can see all those. Interesting. Okay. So, there are 15 examples of American idioms and their origins. Do you have an idiom you want covered in Series 2? Email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. And that's all I have to say about that today. Well, I just want to make one more note on the English language. I've always found this very fascinating. Um, because I've always heard English is the hardest language to learn. And, you know, as somebody who naturally, you know, born here, speak the uh i don't want to say the king's english but the backwoods english that i learned um you you understand the language yes you speak the language there are things that you know puzzle like like think about it have you ever thought about like a thinker what does a thinker do have you ever um looked at the poem that if someone can read it the entire way through without fucking up. They're like considered to be flawless at the language or a genius or something like that. No, I haven't. Oh my God. It is the coolest and most annoying poem. Um, well, so you never answered my question. What does no. a thinker do? A thinker thinks and makes ideas. He thinks. What does a finger do? A finger is a, a phalange an appendage it doesn't thing though does it <laughs> we have so many words like that where a thinker thinks but a finger doesn't finger like the rules just don't apply so that's why english is one of the hardest languages i'm interested yes. to see what this poem is is all about I I, will. i'll try to read it is it short or is it long uh ish short ish you can read just a few vor- verses you can go until you fuck up All right. This is titled The Chaos, written by G. Nolst Trenight. I'm nervous. Oh, (laughs) shit. I don't know if I can reach over there to get it. Hold on. Oh, hold on. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. It starts with dearest. Dearest creature in creation, studying English pronunciation. I will teach you in my verse. Sounds like corpse, core, horse, and worse. I will keep you, Susie, busy. Make your head with heat grow dizzy. This is already annoying. (laughs) Tear in eye, your dress will tear. So shall I. Oh, hear my prayer. Just compare heart, beard, and heart. Heard, dies and diet, lord and word. Sword and... Damn, I don't even know that word. I guess that's my fuck up. (laughs) 
<laughs> sword and sward, retain and Britain, mind the latter. That's how it's written. Now I surely will not plague you with such words as plaque and egg. A G U E. Egu. I don't know what that word is. I've never seen it before. But be careful how you speak. Say break and stake, but bleak and streak. Cloven, oven, how and low, script, receipt, show, poem, and toe. Hear me say, devoid of trickery, daughter, laughter, holy shit, and terpishery. <laughs> what? T-E-R-P-S-I-C-H-O-R-E. You went way too fast. T-E-R-P-S-I. C-H-O-R-E. I've never seen that word in my entire life, and I don't believe it's real. Typhoid, measles, topsails, and aisles. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no A in there. Typhoid, measles, topsails, aisles, exiles, similes, and reviles. Scholar, vicar, and cigar. Solar, mica, war, and far. One. Anim, animony. Alimony? No. A-N-E-M-O-N-E. Anemone? Anim, anemone. Anemone. Is that how you say that? Anemone. It's what I didn't Nemo lives in. Yeah, I didn't know that's how you spell that. It's an anemone. Uh, Balmoral. Kitchen. Lichen, laundry, laurel, Gertrude, German, wind and mind, seen, melpamine, mankind. Billet does not rhyme with ballet, bouquet, wallet, mallet, chalet, blood and flood are not like food, nor is mold. Mold, M-O-U-L-D? I already, mold. Mold? Like- Nor is mold like should and would. Vicious, viscount, load and broad, toward, too forward, to reward. And your pronunciation's okay when you correctly say croquet. Rounded, wounded, grieve and see, sieve. I always fuck that word up. Friend and fiend alive and live. I'm not even halfway done with this. I'm okay. done. That's, <laughs> this is taking way too long. Okay. Uh, but you get the point of how English language is fuckery. Yes, it is Especially all when, fuckery. I would check that poem out because you can see it, really see it when you you see it written down like that. So It's literally like alive and live side by side. It's a live, but we say alive. So both melpomene and terpishori are Greek muses. The hell's a muse? Have you seen Hercules? Nope. You haven't seen the, the cartoon? Maybe when Hercules. I was like three. You were the worst. Okay. The muses are um, 
they're in Greek mythology, the the fool. <laughs> um, let's see. How would it put it in Asian? The muses are the inspirational goddesses of literature, science, and the arts. They were considered the source of knowledge embodied in poetry, lyric songs, and myths that were related orally for centuries in ancient Greek culture. So the muses were basically in charge of chorus and song and storytelling and things of that nature. Gotcha. And A-G-U-E, agu, or I'm not quite sure how to say it either, is a fever. This is considered a word that is like no longer. It's ancient. English. Yeah, it's like a, a un, irrelevant, unrelevant, irrelevant word. Yeah. Well. Google, how'd you pronounce that? Ague. Ague. I have heard that word before. Ague. Ague. Um, all right. Well, that kind of starts to wrap up the wonder segment. I yes. do have one little thing I want to mention that's off topic. Uh, when Megan got here this evening, I was actually out chatting with some neighbors, uh, who are about to move. So we're hanging out in their driveway, having a, you know, just a good time before they move. They're good neighbors. And I just was talking to. These these folks are my neighbors across the street. Street, it's their neighbor up the street, away from my house, that is from New York. And she said uh, she was asking about the podcast and what we talked about and whatnot. And I told her about action, the Action Park episode. She says, "Oh yeah, I went there." So, I just wanted to give you that little nugget. Oh yay! Action Park, I think, is one of the best episodes I've done. But I, I really that's one of my favorites that you've done too. So. But it's time to move on. All right. Trivia with Tyler. So this is for the, I guess, younger folk and the country music, the older country music obsessed folk, I guess. Okay. But... Dolly Parton hid a secret song at Dollywood that won't be released until 2045. The song, which was a, which was recorded onto a CD, is in a locked box that includes a CD player, and the box won't be opened until 2045. So if you're young and will be around in 2045 and you're old enough to know who Dolly Parton is and like that type of country music, She's got a secret song hidden somewhere in her theme park in Pigeon Forge. I I don't like that. Like, I mean, I don't I don't like country at all. I obviously know who Dolly Parton is because she's a legend, but I don't like that there's <laughs> a hidden song that I'm not gonna hear for a few more decades. The fuck, Dolly Parton? I that's funny because I'm not I don't know, I don't even what happens if Dollywood goes down the drain and... It's gone forever. Well, somebody's going to find it when they're tearing it up. Cut the lock and then... <laughs> what is this trash? Maybe it, it will be gone. It'll just it, be it gone. May, it may never make it through the times of history. Oh, my God. I don't like that, but that is a good Tyler Nugget, so thank Yay. you. Yay. And that's the second Tyler Nugget, so... 
Woohoo! Mail time. All right, Tyler. We oh, do have yes. some mail today, so thank you, friends. So if you listen to last week's special, I believe I mentioned that we got an email from friend John, uh, but we were going to hold off on it until we were doing a normal episode. So here we go. I believe uh, uh, part of just to set the tone for this email, uh, we had done one of the samples he had sent us, which was the 1792 whiskey. Um, it was from his, these are private single barrel selections that he gets through part of a group. Um, so he writes, we had a couple questions on it and he responded. So he says, all right, I'll try to keep it short and sorry for the confusion. First, the numbering of the bourbons has no particular order or ranking. I just picked the first four single barrel selections I received. Personally, I don't remember the 1792 as I drank it with a couple of other folks over a cigar. I believe I was told that it was hot and would be better after mellowing over ice. Makes sense being foolproof, being a foolproof hard hitter. Anyway, the night's a blur and memory is lacking. <laughs> we can relate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we can. Second, I in no way have an extremely discerning palate and just enjoy nearly all non-flavored bourbon slash whiskeys. So I apologize if some of them are off. I'm new to drinking them straight. Two years ago, I would have tossed four roses over Coke Zero and enjoyed the effect. Now I actually enjoy the flavor. Well, cheers to you for getting to them neat. And lastly, he says, I'd be happy to join you on a podcast. The next three picks are pretty good, so I feel I will redeem myself. Number two is a personal favorite. So, friend John, we would be happy to have you on a podcast. Just let us know when. I imagine whenever you're coming to visit friend Shelby, mm -hmm. we can make it happen. Make it happen. Um, just let us know. I know you live a state or two away, so just let us know whenever you want to mm -hmm. make it happen. And we oh, will. Show. Oh, and show. absolutely, thank you so much for sending these. We are trying to stagger the I don't think we mentioned that earlier. We did we're trying to do a Japanese whiskey, one of this whiskey, and then perhaps a uh like we've got a we've got a fifth sitting here that we want to do. Um so maybe maybe we could do it like a every three week thing. Just so we don't just get too caught up in in Japanese whiskeys or yeah. you know uh, bourbons even we're trying to there's a lot of bourbons we've done and very few of some other ones. So we yeah. want to we want to get a good rotation going so it's not just the same the style same thing over every week. and over and over and over. Um after that we got an email from friend Shelby that says and I have not read this email apart from like the first line. Oh, I haven't read anything except I saw that there was an email and okay. I just I just closed it and I was like, "Nope." So Shelby, if there's anything that's not supposed to be read, it's going to come flying out yep. on air. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't proofread. Hola, mi amigos. Loved your wisdom teeth stories, and I had to share mine. I know Tyler knows my obsession with teeth, but for Megan and the listeners, 
I have a slight thing for teeth. I love the dentist and would legit go every day if someone would let me and pay for it. Hold on. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> pause the bus. <laughs> I love how that saying is caught on amongst my, my friends. Um, I, I need to know more about you liking teeth and why, and I just need more detail for that. So is it is it like a is it a fetish thing like do you it, she like that's what she notices on people if they have good teeth or bad teeth like you know how like like for me I like tall blonde women that's <laughs> the, it, like uh, like that's just what my eye gravitates towards okay you know? so that's what Shelby's eye gravitates towards is teeth Shelby, Shelby I think I I think I put that out there right if not please feel free to correct. In a future email. What do you think of my teeth, Shelby? Ooh, dun, dun, dun. I want I to know. I know what she thinks of my teeth. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to the email. Um, uh, she says, I probably should have been a dentist or something, but you know that schooling takes forever, and I was looking for the fastest route out of school. So with that being said, here's the story. I was 18 years old and went in to have my wisdom teeth removed. I was deathly afraid of needles at the time, so the doctor had prescribed me some anxiety medication to take prior to the surgery. I get there, and I'm just feeling tired and kind of like I'm floating. Anyway, surgery goes fine, but I guess I was super emotional when I woke up. My mom said I was bawling my eyes out and asked where my teeth were. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I sure. feel you. <laughs> I'm not sure if I was worried they removed them or if I was just wanting to know what they looked like but the doctor hands me a little sealed baggie with my teeth, and I totally calmed down. Needless to say, <laughs> my teeth obsession was satisfied in that looking in that little bag. And then she puts the emoji that's very, it's a very toothy smile <laughs> three times. Love uh, the special. You guys make me laugh. Love Shelbs. Oh, we love uh, you, friend Shelby, so much. We love all our folks that yes, listen we do. regular, all our regulars. Yes, even our unregulars. We like you if you've given us a chance. Absolutely. Uh, we especially love those people that email us. Yes. So we like doing the mail time segment, and we like getting emails other than um, you know, those uh, junk emails that you have to un unsubscribe from. Yeah. We, we get like those, too, on our freaking whiskey and wonder email because of things that we've signed up for as far as like producing. Yeah. Production and subscriptions. Yes. Yeah, so just stuff like that. You know, you know how it goes. You sign up for an account somewhere and you get fucking 75 emails from them. Yep. Anyway, that's mail time for the day. So yeah. I reckon we're going to start, uh, start wrapping it up. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Final thoughts. This is one I wish we had a full bottle for. Interesting. Like I, I want to um, dip back into this. I want to taste it some more. I am, I'm really enjoying it. Um, and 
I I don't know. I just I feel like I need some more. more. Yeah, I need more. Um. Well, I. This is a tale of two whiskeys for me. <laughs> this is literally what this is. Um. The first, I like the first taste, the initial, the the front and, you know, but once it transitions into that rubber taste. Floral. Yeah. Well, that. That's a, I love that. that that's a shitty flower. Um, I think it is fantastic. I, I'm out. I don't like that at all. I, um. The the, I, the struggle I have with it is that the front is it it's gone like that, it's just immediately gone. I still have a little bit here. I'm gonna try a couple more times, but that's my initial impressions. Is just I like the front. I don't like the mid. I don't like the back at all. I like the front, mid, and back, and that flavor you're calling rubber. That I can see why you're calling it rubber, but I don't I don't agree. I. I really like that flavor. It's a very... Um, it's less rubbery when I just shot it. Okay. But still... I mean, I've let it sit in my tongue. I've done... Yeah, I've, I've done it all too, and, and it's... I, I like it. It's not rubber. It's not tar. It's definitely a floral... Nasty. <laughs> it's a floral something. Um, and I enjoyed it. All right. So. Well, let's let's hear the rating. I am going to give Lucano um what was it? Vault Reserve number 2, yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. Um I am going to give you guys a 7. This is something I'm not going to go out of my way to order online and like have it shipped here. But if I happen to see it in the ABC store, I will immediately grab it. Um, well, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I overall didn't like it. I like the the front, but it's gone too fast. I gave it a two point five. I Whoa. Would, that is that is the <laughs> lowest thing I've ranked other than screwball. That's how, how No, Wolfburn. Uh yeah, You're other, forgetting than, other than screwball, it's in the lowest three. Wow. Um, that was wow, 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 wow. It was a little better shooting it, but even shooting it, I, I wouldn't. Even if Megan, if Megan found this at the ABC store and then gave me the bottle, I still wouldn't drink it. Well, I would mix it. That's all I would do with it. Wow, 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 wow. If you find it at the ABC ABC store, grab a bottle for me. I'm not even gonna look for it. It was that bad. Wow. <laughs> I'll forget the name, but yes, if wow, I see it, I'll rude. get it for you. I really liked it. I'm, I'm glad one of us liked it. Yeah, I, it was okay. I love Japanese whiskey. Maybe I'd, I'd be interested. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me say it this way. I'd be interested in trying it again with some water or an ice cube. You know, something make something. the make the flavor profile. See, a little yeah, bit different. see what that see how that affects it. But mm-hmm. as it is, just neat. Not for me. Okay. Wow. Nah, and I you guys, you. if you listen long term, you know that I'm very, I'm usually kind of in the middle. I don't, I don't get too extreme with my ratings. I have to really not like something to pretty much get below a 
three or four. So. All right. Well, we disagree again. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Um, what's left? Nothing. Nothing? No, we did our final thoughts. It's just. It's just. just, Goodbye. It is goodbye until next week. Yep. All right. We will be back. We will. Perhaps with a guest. Perhaps not. We shall see. Yes. Teaser. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening, for hanging out with us, for sticking around. We love you. Um, Rate us, review us, email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. Check out our website at whiskeyandwonder.com. Check out the shop. Donate if you want to. Like, rate, subscribe. Hit the bell. Send us messages on Instagram. Anything. Let us know what's going on. Did we forget a message on Instagram? Now that I think about it, no. Now that I've said it, uh oh, I, I didn't forget one. I don't think so. Uh, you forgot it. Yeah, I guess I might have forgot. Let me double check that before we sign off here, real quick. Okay, you go ahead and double check it. I'm gonna continue our sign off because I'm almost positive there's nothing. Yes, you're right. I've replied, and we I think we talked about that last week. So we yep. are golden. Okay. All right. Sorry for that interruption, guys. Yep. Sorry about that. All right. Um. I always hate ending these. Like I, I want to keep going. I want to do this podcast full time. I love doing this. I love the research. Um, and now that I have my Chromebook, like I'm really into the research and like typing up a full like report essay on it. Which, God, I wish I could talk to my <laughs> my high school self, like my my sophomore high school self, if I sat down and told her. One of the highlights of your week is writing an essay in your late 20s. She would punch me in the face. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I love it. It's great. Um, So all your support helps us out so much. It lets us keep doing this. And I don't want to stop. I want to do this forever. I love it. So thank you guys so much. We love you. And... We are going to say goodnight, and we will see you next week. I just want to second everything Megan just said. All right. Go, Tyler. Thank you guys so much. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Jinx, you owe me a soda.